episode 254, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 5, episode 20, The One Who Will Save Us All. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to Welcome to Level 7. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how hashtag it's all connected or hashtag maybe not as much as we thought or hashtag guess we'll find out in two episodes. But uh, I'm not here alone to help explore those three hashtags. I have been joined by Agent Samantha. Welcome. Hello. And I'm kind of bouncing in on one foot because I'm totally uncertain what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, Man, so we're not going to talk about the episode yet because we have news to talk about, but I actually, we don't have news to talk about, do we? Do we? I don't know. I mean, Avengers, um, Avengers Infinity War is like making lots of money. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's broken but, the billion dollar mark. Um, but yeah, I mean, do we? We don't usually talk about money. Um, yeah, well, we, we do sometimes, but but yeah. we, you know, when it's. I don't know when we feel like Luke it. Luke Cage. Yeah. Oh yeah, Luke, Luke Cage, Cage dropped a yeah. dropped a trailer. Yeah, and I guess and, we're kind of covering the news right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, without the sounder, that's okay. <laughs> you know, we can shake things up every once in a while. Okay. Ain't, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, the trailer is awesome. I haven't watched it. That's awesome. I've. I, I think I'm just gonna not watch it. Just it's, let it come. It's, it's okay. It's a solid trailer. It's very solid. Um, my thing right now is with trailers, most of the stuff that I want to watch a trailer for, I also mm-hmm. don't want to watch the trailer for, you know, like, oh, you know, because okay. I already know, like, like solo. Mm-hmm. I already know I'm going to see the movie. I know I'm going to see it opening night or the, you know, the preview or whatever Thursday night thing. Um, I know I'm going and I'm excited to go. And trailers don't get me more excited anymore because I'm already pretty excited. And so that's the same here with Luke Cage. I'm not, uh, it's not going to make me more excited. And this way I don't get spoiled any of even the little details that that don't matter as much, you know? So that's kind of my feelings about trailers these days. Also, I went and saw A Quiet Place a couple oh. nights ago. Yes. I was in the theater by myself and it was awesome, except for one thing. 90 minute movie, 20 minutes of trailers. I'm I'm oh. getting to a point where I used to love going to the movies to see the trailers and now I'm getting to a point where I am I'm sitting in my seat just sighing out loud just uh uh of course I'm alone in the theater so it doesn't matter no one I'm not bothering anyone. But. <laughs> Well, there, there isn't, I mean, I, I do enjoy on the occasion during the week going to, to the theater because I might be able to get into a showing that's just me. Um, but yeah, oh gosh, 20 minutes of trailers. Yeah. I used to love trailers. Uh, okay. And then they started, you know, just getting in your face and being like, 
Oh, yeah? You like me? Well, you're going to like my friends, too. All 20 of them. So. You'd think as the weeks go on and the movies slide down in popularity that they might, you know, take out a few of those trailers. <laughs> Apparently not for A Quiet Place. Uh, hey, I, I'll, I'll say this, though. That movie, pretty good. Oh, I want to go see it in the theater. Yeah. And for fans of The Office, uh, there is one scene that happened in that movie where I was like, I have seen that scene happen in The Office. And I'm not going to say what it is, but if anyone has seen the movie and wants to know what I'm talking about, because, you know, you, you didn't, you saw, or maybe you saw something there, but, um, let us know and I'll, I'll, I'll gladly share it with you. I'm just not going to spoil it for, for people here. Cause it was a nice, nice moment. So. Is it something from the earlier seasons of the office? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Um, but I'm not going to say more than that Okay. because I don't want to, but. John, John, good job on on the movie. Krasinski? Sure. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And watching it, it was kind of funny because he's got the beard going. And, you know, he was up for Captain America when they were casting that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he might be one of those people where everyone was up for Captain America. But but I know he was one they were talking about. And um, it it was kind of interesting to see him not be Jim. So. All right. Well, that's the news without the sounder. Uh, do we talk about the episode without the sounder or should we play the sounder? <laughs> Let's go ahead and play the sounder. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll do that then. <laughs> Mission report. Okay. So the one who will save us all is Talbot. <laughs> Did, question mark <laughs> did anyone expect this i mean if if there's anyone out there and you'd have to prove it because i don't believe you but if there's anyone out there who's like yeah you know what destroyer of worlds totally gonna be talbot like kudos to you but this is i mean obviously last episode we saw it happen and now this episode we're seeing it happen before our eyes he i mean he's wearing a supervillain suit I don't like this Talbot. <laughs> I want the old Talbot back. Are we going to get the old Talbot back? The old Talbot was cuddly. This guy is not. <sighs> I, or he was cuddly in comparison. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. He was. He was a guy who wasn't as stupid as he acted. And yeah. and and wasn't as gruff as he acted. And who. Yeah. And now he's this. He mm. is the big bad. Maybe. I mean, our, my hope is that the the agents win this problem without killing him. And that we get Talbot back. Like, that's winning for me. Talbot's back. And he's normal. And he gets to go to his family and have the happy ending. Next episode, please. And he's fully retired from the Air Force because it sounds like he needs a vacation. Oh, he doesn't just need a vacation. He needs, he just needs a good place where people are helping him and his family can visit him and, and love him and, and he can heal and maybe he'll never get back to normal. 
maybe he'll never get back to who he was before because, you know, unlike Fitz, usually brain injuries, they, they do cause change and they do cause, um, you know, things to be harder and more difficult. But, man, I want the old Talbot. But flip side, it's kind of an awesome development. True. <laughs> I, mean, I I didn't expect him to get into the machine until he's looking at the machine. And then you're like, is he thinking about getting? Yeah, he's getting in the machine. And now I did not expect him to have a cape. I mean. No capes. <laughs> yeah. Dude's got a cape. Yes, he does. But <laughs> what did we learn from the Incredibles? Hey, you're a bad guy. You break all the rules, man. True. He's a bad guy, so he gets a cape. Yeah. Him and Thor. Those are the the cape people in the MCU. Oh, and Vision? But Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean Vision has a cape because Thor had one. Yes. You know, so so yeah, him, Vision and Thor, cape people. Um, speaking of Vision and Thor, uh we will be talking about Infinity War post credit and how some of these developments are going to be affected by the movie as far as our own projections but we are not going to spoil more of infinity war than this episode did so so basically we'll talk about thanos is coming but what thanos does while he is here post credit because we got. I don't know how it's going to fit together, so we're we're going to talk about that post credit again. My guess we'll also talk about it next episode post credit, uh, just because I know some people haven't gotten to see the movie. And okay, unlike Winter Soldier, um, you know where our show totally spoiled the movie if you didn't see it opening weekend. <laughs> um, they're not doing that here, so yeah. So, okay, this episode, let's talk about this episode. And I'm thinking, Samantha, that we'll take two tracks, just like the episode did. We've got the Talbot Coulson flying into space track, and then we've got the lighthouse track that also ends with flying into space, and then they dovetail together. And so we'll, we'll take them together as well. So okay. I'm thinking we start with the lighthouse. What do you think? Let's good? go ahead and take care of that. All right. Yes. So... Let's talk about the lighthouse. At the lighthouse, the team learns that Talbot took all the gravitonium. And meanwhile, Mac is sweeping the lighthouse for marauders, finds one who isn't dead, and almost kills the guy after he takes some odium and goes into that berserker rage. But May comes in, decides, you know what, we can question this guy, and we need to question the guy instead. We need more info, so they knock him out, which is nice to, you know, not kill the guy. So the guy kills himself, though, because when they interrogate him and they learn about the odium, he starts having a seizure. He dies. And it's time for an autopsy. And who's going to get elected for the autopsy? Simmons. Yeah, they're going to make Mac do that now that, you know, (laughs) since he's doing surgeries these days. It's true. It's true. This would be his (laughs) opportunity to intern under under, uh, Simmons and and learn how to do an autopsy because Simmons does not look excited about (laughs) doing this. Um. We, I, understandable not to be excited about doing the alien autopsy but that's what she's doing I mean totally get your phones out they can record it sell it to Fox <laughs> 15 20 years ago 
uh, get Riker to come and narrate. And mm. yeah. So, Did you notice that the Odium is officially named? Officially named Odium? Odium yeah, yeah. Or, no, wait, was Odium? I cannot remember. I remember that I looked up Odium for the first time that we encountered it on the show. I cannot remember if Cassius, um, Cassius the Younger, that's just so <laughs> Yeah, to say. yeah, that's going to get confusing. Um, I cannot remember if he named it or not. I think he might have, but I don't remember okay. either. I mean, I, I know they talked about it. And okay. yeah, I mean, basically then it just, you go into a rage, you're super strong until your heart explodes. And that's what happened with this guy. His heart failed and he died. And, and now Simmons yeah. is going to cut him up. Okay, she, she can have that job. Yeah. Not me. No, not me either. Uh, so moving away from Simmons, uh, Fitz. Fitz and Deke have a bonding moment as they're working together. That's that's kind of cool. Uh, you know what, what's not cool? What? High-fiving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I agree. I am with you there. I high five. <laughs> <laughs> I will do things for children that I won't do for for other people. And and one of them, it's not that I'm saying high fiving is only for children. So like when an adult does a high five, I'm not looking down on you like that. I'm just not as interested in the high five with you as an adult. No, I actually I think this was a generational thing. Well, I think that in the future, high fiving is not cool. I'm just saying for me personally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You know, I mean, those of you who listen to Welcome to Level 7 from the beginning, you remember Daniel would try to high five over the microphone. And I, <laughs> even over the microphone, I wasn't willing to do it. So, um, yeah, I, it's just something that, so tonight, you know, my job is working with children at church and I had to give, you know, five or six high fives to, you know, three-year-olds and, and eight-year-olds. And I'll do that for the kids. But again, I'm not saying it's for children. I'm and so if you're an adult who does high fives, you're you're cool. It's all good. It's all good. Just not all good for me, you know, as an Eeyore, I guess. Maybe it's a maybe it's not generational, Samantha. Maybe it's Eeyore. Eeyores just maybe. don't high five. But No, <laughs> I'm just thinking that for Deke's future or or past or however you want to untangle right, right. that web. Um I think in the future of the MCU where the earth has been broken up, it's not cool to high five. I mean, maybe there was like some sort of death or punishment that came with it, <laughs> which, you know, it's not I, out of the realm of possibility. You know, if I was an alien overlord, I'm not, I'm just a normal guy, you know, but if I was an alien overlord, I could see taking that path of, of making it a, a punishable by death kind of thing. Um, but I'm not, I'm a nice person and, and a human and not an overlord at all. So I, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it's not for me. Yeah. But apparently the word cool is still in, in the future. Hey, cause that, that started with jazz musicians. That world's, that word's never going to go away. It's not, it's classic. Yeah, no, it's, it's part of the lexicon. I mean, it, it yeah. is no matter what it's going to stay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we're talking about not cool, though, right? You know what also? Not cool. Yeah, you know what else is not cool? What? 
Um, Deke turning into a junior high boy when Daisy calls. <laughs> yeah. He's just not cool. I, I'm, I'm just going to say it, you know, when, when Daisy's not around, Deke kind of cool. When Daisy is around, Deke not at all. At all. So. I was, I was in, somewhere in between saying, oh, look how cute Deke is. He's all into the puppy love and saying, oh, gosh, he's so annoying. I was yeah. like somewhere like being pulled back and forth, oscillating between those two feelings. <laughs> so are you, are you team Deke Daisy? Uh, as far as shipping goes? I used to be, but he's gotten, it's just gotten to be a bit ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, and it gets more ridiculous. We're going to get there, but... Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, Deke. <laughs> Poor Deke. Poor Deke. And you know who else? I mean, uh, we've gotten some messages from Agent Coco, and she is she is not on that train. The the Deke Daisy train. So. I don't blame her. So. <laughs> okay, so, but their ship name, is it Daisyke? Would that work? Oh, gosh, I don't care. Oh, come on. Tell me. That was good. I mean, I don't, I'm not shipping them, but Daisy. Daisy. Yeah, that works. Deke Z. I guess it would have to be Daisy. Daisy. That sounds the best to me. Yeah. So, but I also, I don't, I laugh at him, you know, that's, and that's not, and that's what they want us to do, I think, is, is to laugh at him. Well, Laugh at him, but still there's a part of you that's like, oh, gosh, I know that feeling. I was there. I've been there. Uh. Oh, painful flashbacks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe that's why I feel like I like him. You know, I I like who he is because of who I was. The problem is he's 30-something, right? Like, the dude's 32. And yeah, so <laughs> I'm still upset that this is not the Deke we were introduced to in the beginning of the season. No, not at all. He was he he was a cool guy, kind of. Yeah, he had the tech. He had his own like uh, he had his own virtual reality speakeasy. Yeah, that he programmed. Um, and then he comes into the past and he, he has become a different character. Uh, and I, I mean, you could say it's because he's in a place that's not his world. He's, he's trapped in a world. He's not, he never, he never created. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right, Samantha. And you're right. Uh, the question is, is that for good or for ill? And I, I, I think you're right. I think that the character that they introduced us to was a better character. Yeah. <laughs> when you didn't know if you could trust him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Daisy gets back and she and Yo-Yo, they, they have a little bit of an argument, uh, especially about what's in the bag that Daisy's carrying. <laughs> And what's in the bag that Daisy's carrying? Well, Yo-Yo wants to know, but Daisy's not going to show up. But Yo-Yo takes the bag. Like, this is – I'm back to junior high here, too. 
you know? Oh, gosh. Like, what's yeah. in the bag? Uh, nothing, nothing. Just give me the bag. Uh, you know, and then just the bullies oh, gosh, take your bag, bag and they dump oh. your bag, you know, and, and there's your books and your papers go spilling all across the floor. Not that that ever happened to me more than once, but um, actually it did happen to me more than once. Yeah, so did I because I had a friend who would come up behind me and unzip, unzip my bag. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Yo-Yo takes the bag. Yo-Yo sees what's in the bag, which is Daisy's mom is in the bag. Like this is we're, we're getting, you know, we had a we have an autopsy, an alien autopsy happening. And and but this is even more morbid. And then they actually fight. They get in a fight until May comes to stop it. Uh, and they're using powers in their fight. Like this is. I'm I was talking to a friend uh, today and he's he's not liking Agents of Shield the last couple of episodes, including this one. Um, he doesn't know where it's going, and he doesn't like the way the team is fragmenting. And he's not looking forward to it. He also wasn't a big fan of Infinity War. Um, and I don't know. I didn't get to talk that much about him about that with him, but um, yeah. So he's someone who watches all the stuff. Uh. And he's he's watching this, and he's just I, I'm just not into it anymore. And he was really into it beginning of the season. He he was really really into it. And when he found out I was watching it, he was really excited and wanted to talk about it. And now he's coming and he's he's talking to me every week, and it's just ah, did you see it? And yeah, he's he's just not into it. And it's this stuff that he was talking about. I have to agree with him. It's become a bit hard to watch the show. Because this is not the only fight yeah. that we get in this episode between yeah. between our people, um, yeah, between our people and and um, um, the stash is no longer the stash, and yeah, which is, I mean that's a slightly different situation, but yeah, <laughs> it's falling apart. It is. We've got two more episodes, and yes. I don't think they're going to leave it apart. I think that part of the satisfaction of the wrap-up for the, these last two episodes, this is my prediction, but part of the satisfaction of the wrap-up for this is going to be that they are coming back together and that they are mending the relationships that have that have been pulled apart. But I hope so. Yeah. yeah. So after the fight... <laughs> Deke visits Daisy and she points out that some creep put lemons on her bed <laughs> and Deke without hesitation just tells her what's up. It was Fitz. It <laughs> had to have been Fitz. Classic Fitz. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, this is a good scene. I mean, there's this is one of those good scenes where th things change as the scene goes along. You know, Deke comes in with one his one intention is to tell her how he feels. Um, and it starts flipping as he's, as he's talking with her, not just because of the lemons, um, which is a sweet gesture. If you think about it in the future, that whole situation that they had where fresh fruit, that's a luxury, a super luxury, but it's also, you know, very edifying to your body. And yes. And so, yes, to give your sweetheart a lemon, that's that's a real sacrifice 
and a meaningful gift and gesture. Um, so he does that and then he has to flip it into a, yeah, it wasn't me, of course, because, you know, creep. Um, then as they talk, Daisy talks about losing Lincoln and not wanting, not wanting to lose Coulson. And then you, know, you can see Deke, again, flipping the script. And instead of telling Daisy that he likes her, he spills that Fitzsimmons are his grandparents. And yeah, now, so now I'm feeling for the guy, you know, I, I just like him. I'm not liking him because of who he was at the beginning of the season. I'm liking him because he's that lovable loser, maybe not so lovable, but definitely the loser that I recognize myself having been, um, you know, after I was little Benji Avery, but before I was, you know, adult Ben Avery. So you got Deke and Daisy talking about Fitzsimmons. Now let's go to back to Fitz. Fitz and Mac, they're getting the Zephyr ready to go into space. And that devolves into an argument uh, about locking him into a cell. Now, May doesn't come and break this argument up, but um, their argument is, is really interesting. I, I really enjoyed, honestly, um, what they were saying because it, it, it was just about is life as simple as the way Mac sees it or is it really complicated and gray? Um, because they're talking about, you know, killing was the only way to take care of the Ruby problem. And Max says, when does killing become the only way? Because we're shield and we're better than that. And, and then Mac jumps on Fitz's back about the whole invincible stuff. None of this would have happened if you had just said this invincible nonsense wasn't real. But instead, you and Simmons lit a match, and now Yo-Yo's responsible for a girl's death. And Fitz says it's not that simple, and Max says, simple is how you live a good life. You know, not with theories or prophecies, but then he's, this is where he gets into his spiritual side of things. It's following the good word, doing the right thing every time, simple as that. And, and then Fitz is like, no, because there's lots of times in history where you had to sacrifice the few in order to save the lives of many. He's clearly talking about Star Trek too. <laughs> Where, you know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the one or the few. That's not where my head went. <laughs> what? It I didn't stayed go on straight, the spiritual side. <laughs> it didn't go straight to Star Trek? And... No, it didn't. I, w- I went straight for the spiritual side. Oh, this is why I need uh, Stuart here is to, to go to Star Trek with me. I, I, but I'm with you. I, I am yeah. with you. <laughs> um, and, and that is true. But the that necessary to sacrifice the one thing that becomes a little more i don't know usually it's when it's the moral thing to sacrifice someone or something they're a part of that decision the person who's being sacrificed yes um and, and so that would be kind of the one monkey wrench with fits to, to throw in there um but then Stopping someone because this is where it's not as simple as that is what Mac is saying. Yo-Yo stopped someone from becoming a killing machine that destroyed the world. That's what she saw. That was her moral dilemma. And she had to make a quick decision. Was it the right one or the wrong one? That's you know something for later. And it sounds like it's the wrong one as far as she didn't stop the destroyer of worlds. Because apparently the destroyer of worlds is Talbot. Mm. But 
but the information she had, the situation she was in, that was a choice she had to make. But then I do agree with Mac too, you know, you know, and, and part of it does resound with my spirituality. And I think you're, you're saying the same thing. Um, doing the right thing every time is yeah, pretty simple as far as saying it and choosing to want to live by that is, is a simple choice. It's just sometimes it's not as simple to figure out what the right thing is every time. Right. Um, and sometimes, well, it's, it, I, I actually was speaking about somebody, uh, speaking to somebody about this same subject at church on Sunday, because sometimes you have to make decisions like, do I go to work or do I spend time with my family? Those are two very important, important things to do. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're, you're pulled between both of those priorities. Yeah. Well, and the way, the way I've been saying it recently, the conference I went to, someone said this and it stuck with me. Every yes you say to something is a no to something else. Yes. You know, and, and so that's, that's what you're saying is, you know, if you say yes to work, you're saying no to something else. You're saying no to work. Then you're saying yes to something else. Um, you might be saying yes to a pink slip, you know, and, um, and that is, it's a, it's a dilemma. And so, yeah, Mac is right in that it's very simple to say, I want to do the right thing every time. Fitz is also right, except I would qualify it to say Fitz is right because even choosing to do the right thing every time is not always simple to figure out the right thing. And yeah, I mean, I mean, we made a call last night where we were going to record our podcast and it was uh, a family thing came up and I was just, you know what, this family thing has to come first, you know? And so yes to the family, you know, no to the podcast. And that's, I, and I, I don't feel bad at all about doing that because the podcast is a podcast, you know, um, but, uh, you know, that was simple. Now, what's not so simple is, you know, if, if you have two things that are on the same level and that's what yo-yo is facing, do I let this possible destroyer of worlds go and possibly people will die and that's on my hands or do I stop her and that's on my hands? And then I say that and realizing that yo-yo doesn't have hands. Um, and so that's the other thing that kind of figures into that is revenge. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, were her motives completely pure? Well, that's not so simple, is it? Mm. I think that may have been 20% revenge because she's... She's, I mean, before she joined S.H.I.E.L.D., she was making a lot of tough calls. Uh, if you remember, um, she was stopping uh, gangs, using yeah, her powers yeah. to stop gangs. And, you know, when it's people in your neighborhood, sometimes things can become uh, complicated because she probably knew some people that were in that gang. Yeah, and this so this whole situation of Ruby, um, I think people need to. I really, I understand what Mac is saying, but I think Mac and Daisy both just need to be a little less hard on Yo Yo about this. 
Uh, yes. And a little more understanding because the other thing that was brought up is they've killed lots of people. Uh, maybe not Mac so much, um, but as S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, they've just gone out with guns and shot people. You know, I mean, that's just what happens. And it's it's the quick decision. And and so this one time, that's that's the one that they're going to. You know, plant their flag on and be like, "Well, this, this, and no, no more." You know, mm. so I, I understand well, what Mac is saying. I understand what Daisy is saying, but I also think they need to start trying to understand what Yo Yo is saying, and they are not having it. Yeah, well, I think Daisy's upset because she was in command, and Yo Yo did something that Daisy did not want to happen. Yeah, but at the you same can't time, see me, but I'm rolling my eyes at Daisy right now. Yeah, and um, but Daisy's got to learn that you know if when things go awry with these plans, she's got to you know deal with the consequences and not dwell on on those choices. She needs to forgive Yo-Yo, basically. Yeah, she needs to forgive Yo-Yo, and she needs to trust Yo-Yo that Yo-Yo was. Yeah, maybe there was a little bit of revenge in there, but that's not the entire reason. I mean, there was a logical reasoning behind it that, yeah, Daisy just needs to stop and listen to this person, this friend, this fellow human who made a tough choice that's eating her up. Which is why, again, why she's not ready to lead S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Right. And at this point, I don't think Mac's ready to lead S.H.I.E.L.D. either. No. No, but closer. May. (laughs) Well, May is the one who's breaking up all the fights. May is the one who's going around and, and being the Playing voice of mom. reason. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this conversation talking about sacrificing the few for the many. Mm-hmm. Mac is on death watch for me. Well, actually, no, we know this that he's already on Death Watch. Yeah, he's been on Death Watch since, well, since the future. Yeah. Uh, but he. But uh, I think but, this is the. I think this is the conversation that changed changes him. Yeah, we'll see. I don't want him on Death Watch. I don't like him on Death Watch. No, uh, I don't. Just as I much like as him. I don't like him arguing with Yo Yo. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. That too. So, moving over to Simmons, she's doing the alien autopsy, mm. and Daisy brings her the dead body Yay. and tells her, hey, I got the centipede device from Project Deathlock, and it's your top priority to pull out whatever it is inside my mom mm. <laughs> that can make... Cause She's got the invincibility, right? Remember, she was that was her, right? She had the power to not die, stay alive. Yeah. And yeah, now they're going to pull that inhumanness out of her and put it into the centipede device and give it to Coulson. Mm. <laughs> Daisy ordered Simmons to do this. Okay. Yeah. So. Daisy outranks Simmons at this point, I guess. Yep. Because top priority, you're going to do it. 
You know, uh, Simmons says that, you know, she doesn't want Coulson to die, but in a reluctant way, I feel some reluctancy from her. I think it's because Simmons knows what Coulson's been saying. I think. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, she doesn't want him to die, so she's going to follow the orders. So Simmons' job, probably I would say the worst job right now in S.H.I.E.L.D. is the autopsies and the uh, exhumation. Is that what you call it when you dig up a dead body and examine it? Yeah. Well, I'd say she has the grossest job. Definitely grossest. Uh, Makes it the worst for me. Yeah. Because oh, on the other hand, I don't know what I'd rather do: cut up a body or, or be in Coulson's place, which we'll we will get to in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. So the Zephyr they fly it into space, they cloak, and they dock, and they board the spaceship, and we'll come back to them because we need to talk about what's happening on that spaceship. But the, it worked. They made their they made the first spaceship, yeah. the first shield spaceship, I guess is what they called it. Yeah, and and surprisingly, Fitz was not in c- control for this launch. Yeah, it was uh, what's his name, the guy who's been around like in tons of episodes, and I don't know oh, his name. Davis, Agent Davis, Davis. Yeah, Davis gets to go in space. That's fun. Huh. Fun for Davis. Okay. Good, good guy, Davis. Yes. Who I didn't really notice until the the wedding for Fitz and Simmons. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, there's that guy. Oh, he's in another episode. Oh, I look him up on IMDb and he's in tons of episodes. Maybe not tons, but he's in a lot of episodes. And survived a lot of episodes. Yes. Uh, actually, I think was it last episode that Piper and Davis talk about him surviving with only a single scratch? Yep. And that's what caused me to look him up. <laughs> um, was that, I think they were talking about um, maybe some events leading up to the um, LMD uh, pod. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they, it could have been anything. And then he's just like, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm thinking, I didn't. You're right. I didn't even notice. <laughs> I didn't care. I'm so sorry. Davis, please forgive me for not caring, but I care now. And you're a survivor. You're not a red shirt. Nope. Yet. Nope. (laughs) Let's hope not. Not on Death Watch. I'm just just throwing that out there for me. He's not on Death Watch. Do you remember that Star Trek Next Generation episode where it focuses on the people that are like sort of below command? Below decks, yep. Below decks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's what it was called, but that's kind of what that, I, I guess that trope is called. Because they did one of those for Stargate as well. And okay. Yeah. Those are fun. Those are fun. Where you get to see what other people in the world think about the people who are, you know, get all the cameras fo- focused on them. Yeah. And so Piper and Davis are the below decks people that get to interact with our heroes frequently. Yeah, although Piper gets a little bit more than that, uh, where she she's on the wrong side for a little while and and gets a redemption arc out of that. And yeah, so 
Piper, I'm still not trusting completely, by the way. I really? Just, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, I just can't bring myself to completely trust her. But Colson does. And and Davis then I I trust him. But I thought it was kind of cool to have this recurring guy who I never really noticed <laughs> until now. Yeah, he's been with us for a couple of seasons at least. Mm-hmm. He has. So another guy who's been with us for a few seasons, Talbot. Talbot and Coulson fly to the spaceship. They are apprehended by guards, brought before Kovas. Talbot's not concerned at all. The spaceship leaves the atmosphere, and Talbot immediately shows his hand and tells them, it's my ship now. Mine. And when a lackey moves to attack, Talbot squishes his head and his body. And then he goes, General Zod on all of them. They will kneel before Talbot. <laughs> That's what's in my notes, too. <laughs> and they all kneel because he is far more powerful than any of them were expecting him to be. Uh, this is probably the moment when we start realizing, OK, you know, this is this is not our Talbot. This is something different. Nope. So I miss the stash. This is not the stash. <laughs> The stash would make it much more cool than this. Yeah, but it'd be awkwardly cool. Yeah. You know, the, the stash would be like, I am large and in charge and, and also kind of dorky. Kind of dorky, but he, he'll come up on top and yeah. the end. So. Yeah. Large and in charge, a little bit dorky, but now it's, I am your master and also a little bit insane. So he's, he's trading in d- Dorky for insane, which not a, not a trade I'd want to make. No, Dorky's better. Yeah, I think he would agree too. I don't think he wants to make that trade, but that's where he's at. Uh, Hale is also on the spaceship. And when they find out, Coulson goes to her. They have a nice talk. Hale feels bad about Ruby. Coulson says he'll help her. But when she's brought back to Talbot, he flips out just a little bit because she took him away from his family. But what brings him down is Hale knows about the Confederacy. And so we learn a little bit there and find out about the deal. The resources was in humans and gravitonium. That was the primary resource that the the, uh, Confederacy wanted. Talbot gets put in full supervillain regalia is what I put in my notes. But it's 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 marauder clothes, right? And he goes to the Confederacy to change the terms of Hale's deal. And so when he's with the Confederacy, Talbot demands membership. And when they say a human can't be in it, he's like, I'm not a human. And when they say there's no room for him, there's always six. He proves to them he's not human by sucking one of them into his gravitonium and destroying that person and just absorbing him in. And so they let him in. This scene made me wonder if if something like this was the beginning of of Hydra, the Hive. You remember he took over Ward, and yeah. that's how we lost Ward. Um, I, no, actually, Ward died at Coulson's hands. Right. Um, um, he used the body, though. Right. Uh, I was reminded of um, Agent Carter, the one the one villain on Agent Carter who was like. Absorbing people into like the black, huh. blackness of darkness. 
Wait, wasn't Gravitonium also on Agent Carter? That's what I don't remember. And and so I, I'm reminded of that visual, but I, I don't remember. And I need to go back and rewatch now to find out. But I think it may have made an appearance in the last episode, the very last one. Well, so, okay, but this has made him, uh, I mean, he is super, super powerful. Yeah. Now. Um, so I had the closed captioning on for this scene mm-hmm. and one of the, the aliens Crixon says, um, that to add another would desecrate the order and order was capitalized. Oh, interesting. Order of what? The Confederacy. I don't know. Well, it, it's a proper noun. So is that an is that another name for the leadership of the Confederacy maybe? Perhaps, but maybe it's it's some it's this is significant, definitely. Because I think it's nodding towards something else. Um I mean the what's interesting is I I don't know the connection here, but Thanos's uh lackeys in mm-hmm. Infinity War, uh, there in the comics, those four are called the Black Order, I believe. Mm. Uh, but I don't think that, that that's a connection for us to make. But I don't think it's a. I'm not sure, and I'm not going to say it will be unless they do say something about it. Yeah. Well, some things do get said after the meeting. A Cree stays back. Uh. And he wants to talk to Cal- Talbot. Uh, he reveals that the Confederacy was never going to honor the deal. They were just going to take the stuff. They were going to go. And it's revealed that, quote, Thanos has begun an attack on Earth. They say the name. He describes the Mad Titan. Uh, and so now Talbot wants to go back to Earth to use his powers to help in the fight. As a good guy, because he's a good guy. And he returns to the ship. He tells Coulson and Hale. And he was told by that Cree guy that he trusts completely because he's from the one of the greatest families of the Cree Empire, the Cassius family. Um, there's more gravitonium under the Earth's crust, and he needs to get it to stop Thanos. And then... Colson tries to explain it's not the way it works. And Talbot says, you're either for me or against me. And now, Colson, you will kneel before Zod. Uh, kind of had to. <laughs> yeah. What do you do in a situation like that? Like, mm-hmm. I guess in our society, kneeling before someone doesn't have nearly the same, uh, importance as you know in the past where that you know, you were swearing fealty or or whatever and in our society i think most people would just be like yeah whatever sure i'll kneel before you it doesn't mean anything it's just my body yeah. you know but yeah because i think well at least for americans we completely gave it up when we said bye-bye to the british empire exactly yeah yeah and so for you to kneel before someone in the past it was i would kneel before my king and then if I'm going to kneel before someone who's not my king, 
it's either going to be my God or it's going to be someone else is going to be my new king. And, and I'm accepting them as that. And that's what your kneel, your kneeling shows is I'm accepting someone else instead. Colson, yeah, I think Colson is just kind of, okay, I'm going to kneel right now because I really don't want to die. And Talbot is crazy insane. So we, we got we to gotta stop this guy. I mean, Talbot could, could kill him just simply because Talbot had to sneeze. He's that powerful. <laughs> yes, but he's also insane. He can hear Quinn in his head. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's not good. And then nope. when, oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, nope, not yeah. good. When the shield agents come, he accuses Cal, uh, Coulson of calling for backup against Talbot. And Coulson's all, no, they're here to rescue us. You know, this is this is good. They're on our side. They're here to rescue us. And then Hale jumps in and starts throwing gasoline on the fire. And he's like, I told him not to call. I told him. And just totally is trying to be on the, you know, Talbot's side. And Daisy comes just as Talbot is lifting Coulson into the air. And Hale is still kind of on Daisy's side because Daisy tried to help Ruby and she reminds Talbot that Daisy tried to help Ruby and Hale tries to use the compliance routine, but doesn't work. Instead, he, he squishes her head and her body and destroys her. Um, and then he knocks out Davy, Daisy and everyone else surrenders. And then we get into our, our post credit and that's where uh, Daisy is given to um, Cassius Senior, uh, which Taren. is what his name's Taryn. Taryn, and this is nice because the resources thing—he's giving an Inhuman to him. I was trying to figure out why. Why is he doing this? And then it, I realized, oh, she's an Inhuman. That's one of the resources they wanted, and it also goes back to the whole. Cree helping create the Inhumans and having something against them. And so, yeah, I, it, it works. I didn't realize at first, the first time I watched it, actually, I only watched it once, but afterward I was thinking it through. Hmm. Um, are you aware of who's playing Taryn? Tarion? He Taren? is very familiar, but I did not look it up. Craig Parker. He played Haldir in Lord of the Rings. Boromir's oh. younger brother. So many Lord of the Rings people in yeah. the MCU. Yeah. Well, Lord of the Rings had a huge cast too. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But there's a lot of crossover between the casts. Yes. Um, they may, there may be a connecting um, casting agent or agency. Maybe. All I know is if someone plays an elf in Lord of the Rings, do not trust them in the MCU. No. Nope. Just don't. Don't do it. Because they can't be trusted. Of course, Craig Parker played a human. Wait, no, 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 no. He did play an elf. Did he? I'm sorry. Yes? No? What's Maybe? his name? Craig Parker again? Uh, here I am. I'm Craig Parker. Craig Parker. Here we go. Looking him up on... IMDB. He's also he's also on Legend of the Seeker, um, playing Dark and Raw, the Big Bad. Oh, um, I liked that show. I did too. I loved it. Um, 
And he was also in Underworld Rise of the Lycans as Sabas. I haven't I haven't seen anything from that series. So <laughs> uh, the only thing I've seen from that series is a couple trailers. Back when I used to like trailers. <laughs> oh. Ooh, he was also on uh, Power Rangers Ninja Storm as a voice. Was he? Yeah. Wow. Which is the current Power Rangers that I'm watching not not the current Power Rangers, but is one of the current Power Rangers that I'm watching with my son. But uh, hmm. He's also on Rain as Lord Chancellor Stefan Narcis. So many Lord of the Rings yeah. people. That's that's all I have to say. Yeah. All right. Um, so beyond that, then um, back to our notes. <laughs> okay. Um, I also wanted to say that. Oh, where's the quote? Hale is dead. I'm just going to throw that out there. I did not expect that to happen. Mm. Um, oh, um, Kovas says something that's just, it's ironic and he doesn't realize it's ironic. What's that? He says regarding um, Graviton, mm -hmm. Hydra was never this foolish. <laughs> he says it to Talbot and his powers regarding his powers. He doesn't realize that Hydra developed Graviton. Yeah, well, maybe if Hydra had been a little more foolish like him, you know, like Talbot, they would have had that supervillain beforehand and they, they'd still be around instead of now Hale is dead. Hale Hydra. Mm, well, actually, he said this pretty early on in the episode. Um... No, I, I'm just saying that they, if they had done this earlier and figured this out earlier, um, they would have had a, a pretty powerful supervillain before any of this stuff happened. True. And, and they would have instead had a, a lot more, uh, a, a better ability to, you know, stick around, fight the good guys, kill them better kind of thing. Yeah. But our show is almost over as far as this season goes. And so now the Hydra problem taken care of. Now they've got the Talbot problem. This guy acting like a supervillain, thinking like a superhero. Mm. He wants to save the world from Thanos. And we will talk about that post-credit, what that means. I'm afraid that Talbot's on death watch. Unfortunately, I would agree with you. Mm. Um, the one thing that gives me a little bit of hope is they did flesh out his family so well. Yes. And so if he is on death watch, my hope is that it's a redemptive death where it happens because he somehow came back to his senses and made the sacrifice rather than being the sacrifice. Let's hope so. In front of his son. Or for his son. Or for his son, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But something that will be meaningful to his son, you know, in a... Because in fiction, sometimes death actually lets you have a better relationship with your <laughs> with the people who died. In real life, not so much. In real life, you're still going to mourn. But in fiction, mourning doesn't always happen because it was a good death. It was a good day to die. 
There's another Star Trek reference for you, Stuart. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, you, anything else from your notes before we move on to uh, looking at some of the, the feedback we got? Um, what I want to talk about, we will talk about in post credit. We will then. All right. Cool. Well, I'm going to play the sounder then, and we will talk about some of the feedback that we got about last week's episode and this week's episode and a little bit of Infinity War post-credit. Shield Field Report. Okay, so let's see if I can get the right message here. Um, nope, that's not the one I'm looking for. This is what... Nope, that... Yep, this is the one. Okay, so <laughs> I'm I can't read this one to you samantha i have to describe it to you okay uh the subject line is about what papa Cassius said and it's from agent dylan and he signs it the way he always signs it hashtag trip lives but he included a uh animated bouncing tigger and so about what Papa Kasaya said, <laughs> the bouncing tigger. So, uh, Agent Dylan, I am I'm not gonna get after you about we need to change the metaphor. Um you know the oh, metaphor is working and <laughs> I'm texting yeah. Stuart tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's gonna you know, maybe hear this too, but um yeah, bouncing tigger. Why? Because of what Papa Kasaya said, and what did Papa Kasaya say? Thanos is coming or Thanos is here even, I think. Uh, so this is from um, agent magic. And this says uh, subject line. <laughs> this metaphor subject, get excited. Eeyore. <laughs> so, uh, hi all from down under loving this season and loving the podcast. Only really got into podcasts after my boss got me onto a great Vikings one. Found yours this season after searching through a few Marvel ones and found yours to be easy listening, even if there are some sidetracks along the way. You guys definitely make my 68-kilometer drive to work more enjoyable. Firstly, uh, Infinity War. Uh, awesome. The seven of us, partner and five kids between us, all found that Marvel keeps sticking to what they do best with laughs, action, and all the things that keep us coming back. Um, and then even if I had a couple of spoiler, 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 uh, we are huge superhero fans and get around both the TV movies and the Melbourne Comic Con here in Australia. I so hope that this is not the last season. This show is the original and the best of the MCU. The Runaways and The Gifted were a hit with the kids. And the show has really stepped it up over the last two seasons. Only two episodes to bring the team back together to save the Earth and to see how or if Coulson gets saved. Exciting. Extremely happy. The big purple guy got a fair run this episode. The connection is alive and kicking. Will be interesting to see if the Runaways show their connection next season, too. Anyway, just saying, great work. Keep it up. And get excited, Eeyore. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah uh it's true though two episodes left to find out how does the earth get saved because it's gonna it's got to get saved right uh what's gonna happen to colson 
And and then there's the whole yeah, connection. Hashtag it's all connected. Or hashtag is it, you know? Um the other thing though, yeah, the runaways with what happens there's an element of what happens in the runaways that could very easily connect into what's happening here or what's happening over in infinity war. And so I'm very curious where that's going to go too. Mm. by the way, runaways. It was really good. If you haven't watched it yet, do so. Oh, it's, it's, it's so good. Very good. Yes. All right. This is from agent K. Um, he joined us over from the, uh, men in black, uh, uh, agency, <laughs> but, uh, subject line is a theory. And this is really good. My first time writing in since I finally caught up to all of the backlog. <laughs> and he says, first of all, that's just um, an amazing undertaking. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> He says, I have a theory on how they could test if they are still in the same time loop slash timeline. A couple episodes ago, Simmons showed Fitz the two pocket knives that helped prove that Deke is their grandson. Fitz and Simmons should carve or mark Fitz's knife and inspect if Deke's knife changes. This could show if they have jumped timelines or are still in the same loop. What are your thoughts? Love the show. Agent K. Agent K, I would say to you, sir, that that would be a really good idea for them to do because I think if they did that, that alone would break the time loop because there isn't the mark on the other knife, right? And so they've done something that's broken the time loop and the the bad news there would be that they're breaking the time loop with something kind of inconsequential, not necessarily saving the world. Um but it would also potentially show if they're invincible or not. True. That's so, really good. Yeah, that's really good. In fact, do you know how good this is, Samantha? I'm yeah. going to guess. Uh, what's your guess, Samantha? Um, no prize. Boom. The no prize winner of the day. Yes. The theory, the idea is a really good theory. Really good idea. Um, However, uh, it's looking like that's not what they're going to do on the show. No. But Agent K, if you were sitting in the writer's room with me, I would be all, hey, I agree with him. We should do that. But we're not in the writer's room. Yeah, that is pretty brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Agent 084, subject 520 feedback. Message. He uses the metaphor. He said the name. The message says, he said the name, Tiggers Rejoice. <laughs> and then he says, I appreciate Adrian Pazdar's acting in this episode, as always. And I understand that they probably weren't able to get Ian Hart back on the show. But I think I honestly would have preferred Ruby became Graviton than them take a character established over five seasons and make him into such a hyped and infamous comic presence. I also can't help but feel a little campiness is that the right word yeah oh, go ahead tiny bit campiness yeah yeah but it's also talbot right yes. i mean talbot yeah. is a campy character uh who's we've come to appreciate and enjoy and so um you know maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that when he becomes a villain there's still some campiness to him 
a little bit. So you're saying there's a little bit of hope. I think there's hope for him. I hope so. Yeah. There's hope because he's alive and where there's life, there's hope, right? Yes. Uh, so Agent 084 goes on to say, I love the scene between Daisy and Deke. I always saw a sibling dynamic with them. Fun fact, so does Chloe Bennett. So I've been disappointed by Deke's crush, even though I know we can't really blame him. Happy to see it's still very one-sided, and he realized it's not really the time to add anything more to what she's already going through. Yes, here, here. Speaking of Daisy, what? Cassius's dad takes her with him? Is that why she isn't around in Robin's future flashbacks? Little... Uh, spoiler, spoiler, has me humoring the crazy notion that Daisy somehow, spoiler, spoiler. I know it's a 1% <laughs> chance of it happening, but what if that's why the Kree warrior is so bent on killing Daisy? Okay, I haven't watched the, the preview because I watched this on Hulu. and They don't show the preview, so I don't know how spoilery that is. Um, anyway. It's a spoiler. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Well, it's... it's okay. Vaguely... Uh, but it's I, unconsequential. But why am I mentioning this? I, I'm mentioning this for a reason, and that is um, I'm time stamping. So if this happens, this has been time stamped for, o, for Agent 084, who sent this email Friday, May 4th, 2018, at 10.07 p.m. And he's saying it's, a, it's an insane idea, not probable whatsoever. But if it's the case, I want to be the one to have called it. And so I'm just putting it out there. I, you know, that's, that's what I was saying about people who had the idea, you know, that Talbot would go into the, the gravitoniums thing, you know, you got to prove it, right? Well, I'm not saying the spoiler of what agent 084 said, but if it does happen, I will bring it up and we have time stamped it Friday, May 4th, 2018 at 10 7 PM. Seven minutes after the episode was on. So, um, so Agent 084, we'll, we'll come back to this maybe. But if it doesn't happen, we, we won't come back to it. Okay. And, now, and I will ask you after the recording what exactly that was. Yes, yes, yes. So all that said, it's time to move to some audio feedback. Okay. But I have to find it. <laughs> So, shoot. Okay, I'm going to play it right now uh, because through the magic of editing, I can play it right now and not have. Yeah, you don't need to hear me digging through my files. So I'm playing it right now. This is from Agent Daniel, but it might take five minutes to get there for me. <laughs> okay. Agent Daniel here. Just got done with Agent Shield. And I'm going to just say I've, I've anticipated. I've waited. I've had a lot of angst. I've, you know, in the past, I've mentioned, you know, not getting payoffs, you know, like, hey, is Thanos going to do stuff? Hey, is Graviton going to do stuff? And so I am just glad that our writers got around to making sure that we got the payoff that we needed and we got to see the limits. So for those of you who were not present for the live recording, which there's only two people who were, um, <laughs> I would just like to let everyone know that it took it took Ben about all of five seconds to find the, the message. Okay, so I, once I started looking for it, it was a lot easier. It's right there. I mean, 
fine. <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to the actual message. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Lemons. Lemons. <laughs> Lemonade. Yeah. Okay. Lemon squares. You can make a nice lemon skin scrub. You know. And uh, Daniel has another voicemail, but that one we are going to save for post credit. And there is also a uh, Facebook message from Agent Adzi. And just looking at it quickly, I think this is also one. Yeah, we got to wait and, and do that after after the credits. Okay. Yeah. So that means the well, that means this episode is done, except for the post credit thing. So, um, yeah, I just want to say, hey, thank you for listening, everyone. And let us know what you're thinking. And are you on board with these last few episodes? What are your hopes for these next two episodes? And uh, is Agent 084 right about his spoiler? Well, <laughs> I still don't know what the spoiler is. I know, I know, but you will. So, um, and maybe that's a post post credit. I don't know. But anyway, if it happens, it it actually be a, a significant spoiler. And that's why I didn't want to say anything. But if it does happen and he's right, I want to make sure people know about it know about him okay so yeah all right so um samantha any final words from you yes thank you everybody for listening and thank you for all of the feedback and a special thank you to andrew adzi jeffrey trent and tassel because those five people are our patreon patrons thank you very much yeah and i would like to say thank you for listening and i would also like to say that this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. also just gives us some really, really good advice. And when it comes to um, just things like, you know, treat people well, give people second chances. And, you know, instead of fighting and being mean, couldn't you just find a fun game on your phone instead? Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. All right, so we are here now, and if you have not seen Avengers Infinity War, um, press pause and then come back to this episode after you've seen it um, because this conversation is about our predictions about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and what happens in that movie and how they are going to come together with the hashtag kind of all connected. (laughs) (laughs) Or hashtag how is this connected? Or hashtag, how could this be connected? Or hashtag, are we in a different universe? (laughs) 
So, or hashtag it's vaguely connected. Yeah. Or hashtag everyone is on board and everyone knows what's going on. Let's mm-hmm. only hope so. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> let's start with Agent Daniel because Agent Daniel has some questions related to this spoilery kind of discussion. All right, team, here's some thoughts from Agent Daniel. A question that I want you to to kind of hash out and debate a little bit. So let's say that they end Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. here, that at the end of this season, we we find out that half of our team has ashed off, and we leave our team in a situation where half of our cast is literally gone, and that's where we stop. It, we get the Agent Carter season two scenario where we have this uneasy and unanswered question. And you know what? I don't know if I feel satisfied about this because of the fact that we don't necessarily know how our team would react to half of our team uh, being killed by Thanos. Or let's say, let's go ahead and let's do season five. Let's do a next season, even if it's an abbreviated season. What if our next season, or our final season, was our team during the period of time in which, uh, uh, during the period of time in which uh, half the world is gone, had to investigate and deal with scenarios related to the Thanos execution? Um, that could be interesting. I mean, that could maybe help us reunify TV and the movies could give us some satisfaction to the sense of how does the rest of the world react beyond the Avengers to the Thanos event. Um, it could be super, super interesting. And then at the conclusion of that, we hopefully see um, our team return when Captain America is victorious upon his sacrifice. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know if, do ratings matter necessarily for ABC if perhaps Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns to its roots and becomes an Avengers show versus being its own thing? Uh, back in the old days, my friend. Back in the old days. All right. Well, just something to consider. Peace out later. Bye. So Daniel has brought up some things that we, we did talk about last episode a little bit. We with today's episode, we need to talk a little bit more about this. Um, and uh, Agent Adzi also wrote in and he said, oh, my word, episode 20 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everyone, it's happening. Also, just listen to your episode 19 review. You were chatting about if this is New York references. It absolutely is Thanos, as we now know. Oh, my, this totally has me worried. There's no chance the gang will remain after the snapping. So does it mean that Fitz and Simmons both survive because of Deke being about? Uh why has Daisy been taken? The whole situation with Hale is mad. How are they going to end up to stop this bad man? Far out. We're in for a ride next two ups. Also, I feel I'm getting the feeling that this will be the last season. I don't know, but the group almost looks too fractured to go on from here. Keep being awesome. Um, yeah, so there's a couple of different things that can happen here, right? And one is, yeah, the snapping happens on our show and some of the characters fade away into dust. And it becomes, and I haven't seen this yet because it's not out on video really. Um, 
but I'm just waiting for the the YouTube remixes of the scene where everyone after the snapping happens and it's Kansas singing dust in the wind. <laughs> All we are is dust <laughs> in the wind. So I'm waiting for that to happen. I'm too lazy to do it myself. Um, but someone will do it. Timestamp right now. It's going to happen. Um, and if you're listening right now and you do it, you know, you don't have to give me credit. But I wouldn't mind it, you know. Just don't give me credit. Just mention it, uh, "Welcome to Level 7. and then people will be like, "Oh, that's a cool video." Oh, what's "Welcome to Level Seven? Oh, okay. Now we like videos, not podcasts. Whatever. We're snobs. Um, wow, I just wrote a whole narrative of someone. <laughs> anyway, um, this. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and so we we have that possibility where the snapping happens. And we end our, ep- our, our series ends after that. And, and then what, and then we don't get any follow through. Um, there's also the possibility that because the TV show and the movies are so fractured from each other, they didn't even know the snapping was going to happen. And this is the camp that I'm in. I'm trying not to be Eeyore here, but I am saying I believe that this season is going to end without actually referencing the finale of Infinity War. I think that the whole turning into dust thing is not even going to get mentioned because they didn't know. I think this is as close as they came to they knew that Thanos was coming. They knew there was going to be a big conflict with Thanos. They're referencing that and they're using it well to give motivation to Talbot to do what he's going to do. I think the writer's room, they thought they were onto something. They just didn't know what it really meant to say Thanos is, is, is in, on earth right now. Because it means that when that battle is done, half the population of the world gets zapped away, snapped away in. Thank you. Here's another pun coming your way. The snapshot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh? Oh, huh? actually I like that one. Yeah. I mean, those of you who yeah. lived through the, you know, the eighties and were part of any kind of youth group culture, you've watched the movies about the rapture. <laughs> you've watched the left behind <laughs> stuff. Um, which definitely you're getting a left behind vibe from uh from Infinity War at the end there but um yeah but the possibility that really intrigues me and excites me is that they get a season 6 and it's just like Daniel said that our team is actually going around and they are helping people deal with the after effects of the snapping and the TV people don't know what's happening. They don't know what the movie people are doing for Avengers 4. But maybe they could find out and, and say, okay, so Avengers 4, they stop Thanos 48 hours after the snapping. And so our show is 48 hours. That season covers 48 hours of them helping people and running around. Or it's a year. It takes them, it takes our team, our Avengers team, a year to get back together and go after Thanos and get the Infinity Gauntlet and get it off his hand or convince him to use the Infinity Gauntlet himself to repair everything. And they don't go back in time and repair everything. They repair everything a year later 
And so we have a world that has lived for a year with half the population gone. And then a year later, everyone's brought back. And our show just fits nice and snug into that that bit right there. And and at the end, they tie in when people return or something, you know. Um, yeah. I'm kind of hoping now that we're going to get a, a Chiron that says four years later. <laughs> <laughs> and what would that do for you? It would skip over the entire Avengers 4 timeline. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And then they could totally sidestep it. Yes. Because, it, yeah, four years later, it's still going to be in their past and they might reference it. But, you know, one year later, you know, two days after it happens, that's all anyone's going to talk about. Yeah. Um, or five years later or 10 years later. I don't know. <sighs> I, I don't know. It, it's just the I, the possibilities are so amazing. The, the What makes me an Eeyore is not the storytelling possibilities. What makes me an Eeyore is just the way that the movies and the TV people aren't playing together. And again, we need to get them all together and put them in a big t-shirt that says get a long shirt. Yeah. The, no. the TV people and the movie people. <laughs> you know what we need? We need May to just come in and say, stop fighting. <laughs> stop fighting right now. We got to work together. Oh, man. Fires yes, a gun do. into the air. <laughs> stop fighting. Get together. You know, contract negotiations. Just, you know, just have, you know, Ming Na Wen just slide right on in there. <laughs> So I, the possibilities are so intriguing. It just all depends on will the movie people let just one or two of the TV people know where it's going. Maybe we are, I think I've mentioned this before, but maybe we know who already are. Maybe we already know who survives the snap. Right. Well, maybe Mac and Daisy don't and that's why they're not in the future flash forward backs from from whatever happened and so talbot didn't survive colson didn't survive daisy mac except for one thing and that is even though daisy is now with papa casias as as uh i think it was 084 called him um (laughs) and he's blue wait smurfs (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) um so even though um, she's with him, there's still that video of her getting off the plane. And and so that will be interesting to see where did that come from and is it still a part of this time loop? We'll see. Mm. I trust them that they're doing their best and they're going to give a satisfying tie up for all all of the the threads that they're pulling on right now in the next two episodes, because they have two episodes to pull the team back together, let them have a kumbaya moment and then go up against Talbot. And instead of fighting him directly, somehow not fighting him or somehow doing something that the world doesn't get destroyed two episodes. They can do that. They've killed off Hale. They've killed off Ruby. They've done, you know, people are dying left and right. Um, because those are another way to tie off loose ends. Um, 
I have no doubt that when we get to the end of the season, we're going to feel like, yes, this show can be done or yes, the season ended well. It's just the hashtag. It's all connected. Where is it? <laughs> and they're trying, they want it to be. It's not like the TV people don't want it to be They're They're, they're referencing it. They're doing their job and going on TV and saying, Hey, Thanos is coming. You need to go see that movie now. But the movie people are like, hey, we just made a billion dollars in like three hours. And we don't need you sending people to our movie like you used to do. Mm, let's hope not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I think, Wait, an episode. What am I missing? We- oh, go ahead. Yeah, wasn't there some other feedback that was email from from Facebook? Well, that that was the Facebook one that I just read. Um, was it okay? Oh, 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 oh! Go ahead and edit that part out. <laughs> no, no. Are you talking about the the message that said, "Please let Agent Samantha know that Castle did have Beckett return in the last season." Oh yeah, and, and you in- know what? That means I've hit a new achievement as a podcaster. Someone has corrected me. Yeah. Well, I don't think that was so much correcting as just letting you know, because did you say that you didn't watch the last season? I, yeah, I've only seen a couple episodes from the last season. So I, I think agent, this is agent Tim who sent this in. And I, I think that he is trying to get you to give it a chance. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he mentions the finale as well. Um, which I'm not going to say any more than that, but other than to say, I, I really think he he's saying, give it a chance. You might like it. Okay. All right. So all that said, Hey, it's time to go. So Samantha, have a great evening. Godspeed. Right, and everyone else who's listening right now. All I have to say is dust in the wind. <laughs> all we are is dust in the wind. <laughs>